0: We would like to pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the land that we are recording our podcast on. For me, I'm in Melbourne, the traditional land of the Wurundjeri people, part of the Kulin Nation, and Ioni is in LA. The traditional custodians of that land are the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Or dolly, through a great
1: party. We all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light light as a feather. feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weeding together.
0: Greetings from Melbourne.
1: Greetings from the home front.
0: Yeah, I am at the QT Hotel, being a cutie.
1: Nice. Yeah,
0: I'm... It's this,
1: How's Melbourne? How's the weather? It's
0: good. I mean, it's drizzly. It's exactly what you'd want out of a good Melbourne visit. It's overcast. It's a little rainy, but it's not it's not too cold. I had a lovely dinner with my, all, my old friend, Vinny, from Midnight Juggernauts last night. Do you remember Vinny? Oh. Remember he invited us to Solange's house and we went over and stuff? Yes. Yes. I so, couldn't
1: believe it. I met Solange. Yeah, he was working with her Beyonce's, on a record. Amazing sister. Oh, that's that solange. Was,
0: I like that you qualified it. Like, there are so many solanges in our life. We don't want to be confused. Well,
1: I, I guess like they don't seem similar to me.
0: Really? Yeah. What do you get? What do you get? What do you get vibe wise?
1: Well, solange is like more, uh, like artsy. Yeah. Relatable. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Beyonce is really nice, actually. But
0: solange is younger, right? Because I feel like Maybe. sometimes with siblings if you have a really dominating personality as an older sibling, you try and figure out where you can fit in and what you can offer. And she might've oh, yeah, like I realized she thing. had to become the arty one to sort of, <laughs> you know, yeah. to have a voice in that family.
1: Yeah, maybe. But yeah, but, um, but we went yeah. to a
0: restaurant called Cookie. That oh, was, it was just cool this cool name. Yeah. It was this great Melbourne thing. It's like, I don't know. It's just amazing. It was like, I, could barely find it. It was like this little hidden doorway. And they went in and the restaurant was upstairs and it was huge and packed. It was one of oh, those things it. in a city that's like so yeah. Yeah, specific. God, I love it. And the food was delicious. You know me,
1: I love a restaurant.
0: And Vinny was, um, um, yeah, we were reminiscing about, I mean, we've known each other a long time because he was Emil's assistant on the documentary Emil made about me. So we've known each other. That is a cool,
1: cool documentary. I don't
0: know if it's a cool documentary, but it's it went well, through. Well, I mean the footage yeah, there of is you cool in footage, the 90s. There's it, an
1: amazing footage of, Um. why am I blanking on her name? Christina She's, Ricci. Uh, Christina Ricci. Yeah. Like one of those small, what do they call them, kickbacks now? It was a bit of a kickback, yeah. Like I'll set the scene. You're in whose apartment? We were
0: in Winona's apartment at Gramercy Park.
1: And it was you, and was it not Jake Fogelness? I think Jake was no. there,
0: Dustin Yellen was there, and I and think Matt Froman having... was there. That was the night they got together.
1: Oh, and who was – it was an antagonistic conversation. It was
0: just the young, drunk people in their 20s kind of but she was trying having to a outsmart co- antagon- each other. and you know.
1: Yeah, and she was sort of being antagonistic in this guy, and it was just fascinating to see – you know, just like a scene with all these kind of 90s celebrities in New York just hanging and talking. And she's was so smart.
0: Yeah. Isn't it funny how I think part of being in your 20s for a lot of people, not everyone, is just like needing to prove how smart you are to everybody around you? Yeah. It just seems like something that does generally that? fade with age.
1: I was such a, you know... You know, when I was vegan, I was just like screaming at everybody. And I'm impressed with my daughter Kate, who has some pretty, you know, fringe. Uh, Kate, Kate views. will try and turn you
0: commie. if you get in. If you get in a conversation with her, she's definitely like but pushing a you towards the left way. Yeah, she is relaxed. She
1: really has a kind of chill. Like she doesn't seem to get rattled. I'd be red faced and so angry. Um, and just even now, even a couple years ago, I was. Sort of defending trans something with someone, and I was like bright red.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's just so funny. It's like the, that thing when you're younger, where it feels like your entire identity is at stake if you can't convince the other person that you're arguing with that you're right. It just yes. feels so threatening. I, I um, know. Yeah, I mean, so, it's so interesting. There's so much of that type of rhetoric going on with between what's happening. Israel and Palestine in Australia with the referendum. And it's. I've had a few interesting conversations. I had a text with Safi this morning who was talking about her, you know, she grew up Muslim and around sort of very extreme viewpoints that she does, not her directly, not her parents, but extended family that she had never really bought into. And then, but also she has very highly Zionist friends. And it's like, it just feels like the world wants to push us towards having extreme viewpoints all the time. Pick a, pick a sports team type vibe.
1: Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, when things get this ex- extreme, I feel like I can see things clearly on both sides. I can see kind of, I don't know, I shouldn't say like I can see things clearly on both sides, but for example... I can just – I feel like I have a clarity when things get pushed, even understanding the side that are in the wrong in a way. You know, like with – I never understood –
0: Which is everyone usually.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I never understood, like, why was Poland so not into Jews? And then when it's explained to you, you're like, oh, okay. I like the historical
0: context for the – Yeah. If you get the
1: historical context, it's not that it's right, but you're like, oh, that's why these people think this way because of this. And it's not necessarily right. And in fact, not in a lot of cases, but what the world needs now (laughs) is is love, love,
0: sweet sweet love. love. I know I just keep coming back to, like, I really do believe in abstraction and poetry and ideas and I keep coming back know, to listen. like what role am I meant to play in when you're in such a divisive world. It's funny, I did an interview this morning with because I'm doing this TikTok event next week and I'm getting sort of wheeled out as the old man who's yelling at the sky who can be included in the uh, the next generation. Um, <laughs> How do you know that? Why are you like making yourself
1: this old guy? No, I just mean in the general. The it's
0: like I'm definitely like partly I think you're the Mr. reason. are Fun. Yeah, yeah, I am Mr. Fun, but I'm doing right. the – Interview as a representative of someone who's an older artist who's embraced young technology or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing it up. Of course, I'm not. I'm not Grandpa Simpson, but but I was talking to her about technology and about how all the moral conversations we have around it. What are you up to with your hair there? I'm
1: trying to do my hair. But what
0: if I use this as the clip on social media? It's going to be full of you just doing it. It'll be like and...
1: one of those TikToks where people are like, get ready with me. Oh, so we're this doing. This
0: is how I get ready. I love that. Get ready with me mid-podcast content. Get podcast ready with me content. with
1: headphones.
0: Fantastic. How to
1: do your hair with headphones. Are you
0: happy with your hair right now?
1: I, it's, You know, I'm embracing the Patty Smith,
0: the, like, The model, Messini. Patti Smith,
1: The messy messiness okay go Yeah, on good, so it's good because
0: you got like a bohemian thing going on but you're always you know you always got your Ioni Sky glamour but you so good. you're going okay, to the so, TikTok
1: about where you're DJing
0: oh yeah no, no no I'm playing I'm performing but that's not the point the point I was making was I'm doing this interview today and we were talking about it and how obviously technology and all of this stuff there's like moral and ethical questions right and like legislative yeah. questions of what should tech companies be allowed to do and all that but then As an artist, as an entertainer, our job is really just to, like, look at the tools in front of us and go, how can I use them to make things? And I think that's sort of, like, interesting, like with AI at the moment, too, how there are all these moral questions, but our job is to keep making stuff. And to try and make things with integrity. And anyway, it's like, it's just connected. Right on. Tech. Right uh, on. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that I as well. No,
1: and selfishly, I need art. Like, you know, like, I guess there's that, there's always that kind of moral dilemma or not moral, that that sort of idea of like, am I doing enough being an artist or what is art? And when people say, oh, art is the only thing that matters. And I always thought, what does that mean? Like, aren't doctors important? Or I don't know. I never understood. And I always make something a competition, but more and more when things are hard thank god for you know leaves swaying in the breeze like nature thank god for like um you know music and even like movies and i i really personally selfishly i rely on art so heavily the way i rely on connection and nature when i'm having an extremely hard time and when things are very scary I mean music. I mean what? It's so so for, selfishly. I I really and even, you know, I'm. It's a particularly hard time right now. And uh, my kid, our kid, was doing a puzzle, and I started not a puzzle, Legos, but I was thinking puzzle about puzzles, sorts, and yeah. I was like a puzzle of sorts. I was thinking, you know, could you say what's the good of a puzzle? But some things actually are great to just. Relax, you know, take a second and relax. And anyway, art it does more than relax, but it it's just I don't know, I just I do think it's very important. Yeah, and
0: I and I also think it's like interesting as you go me, on in life. For me, it's important for me. Yeah, it's important. For, yeah, and I think it's interesting <laughs> as we go on in life to kind of realize the path we've chosen and that there are people who are logistical thinkers on a global scale. Whose job it is to offer solutions about Israeli-Palestinian relations and how to regulate tech companies and all that, and for better or worse, as an artist, that is not that's not the career we went into, you know. And I, people actually often don't want to hear these types of ideas we have because we're not that educated about all the details of it, but we can contribute at like a creative and energetic level to solutions. You know? Sure,
1: yeah. Yeah, one is not obviously better than the other. Yeah, but it's like, I guess that's what, it's
0: funny, I'm being a bit like those people who are like, stay in your lane, just shut up and sing. (laughs) But I mean, I think we obviously can voice our opinions, but I think we have a lot to offer through, I mean, affecting the atmosphere of the planet. I think that's more like what artists can do. Like we can generally affect the atmosphere and hope that that trickle-down atmosphere into legislation. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: one um, of the pieces, one of the pieces, because, of course, I believe in uh, proper action and people actually thinking and, you know, not just sitting. Meditation's fine, all of that, but I do believe in, you know, I know they say you have to change yourself and that will change the world, but I'm like, actually get on the ground and start figuring out how to help people. Do you yes, watch any of the
0: David Beckham thing on Netflix? No. It's worth Should watching. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 I, you know, I could not care less about a sports game generally. Like, yeah. I like playing it, but I don't want to watch it. But, um, oh, yeah. What were you going to say?
1: No, I just, it's making me think, I don't know if this is where you're going. Like, I never really watched OJ play. And when oh. I watched, the pe- the pe- not the people versus oj but that genius documentary did you ever see it never the oj it, documentary no. i still have it's oj so
0: fatigue fun. culturally like i don't I had want it. to know more about oj yeah.
1: no but i had it so it's like when you can't listen to bob marley cuz you listen to bob marley and then like 4 years go by and you're like i'm ready to go mm. deep again anyway i want that is also a historical lesson a history lesson on la and the black community, and it's just a fascinating. Even if you don't care about OJ, it's it's layers of fascination about LA and about yeah, a I lot should of watch things. It. I should watch it. Just different things. So, he, um, but in it, you see him running. You know, they called him what the juice? No, I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I think orange he, juice. OJ. He and well, because of OJ, but some, what did they call him? He was so the when juice you man. see yeah. These people do their thing. Like I've never seen Beckham,
0: yeah, yeah, do his
1: thing. Well, that's that, so. Yeah, what was when you watched about when it? I watched him running along that football field? I was like, oh yeah, that's why. It's like you know, listening to some famous opera singer, like you've heard of them and then you finally see and you're like, oh, that's why they're the most famous. Yeah. So I bet with Beckham, bend it. I bet he bends it. He does bend go, it, it's true. Bend, he does bend, bend it, it like Beckham I, and you, that's what it looks like. I want to see what that looks yeah, like.
0: Yeah, but to me what was interesting about the Darko was that, yes, he had some extraordinary moments of winning. He lost a lot, like he oh, had a really tumultuous career that was really volatile. It wasn't like a Michael Jordan career where you're the undisputed king who never puts a step wrong until, you know, until you yeah. retire or whatever. It it was striking to me what a difficult career he had. And in terms of all the oh, trade-in from team to team. And then also I don't want to give a spoiler if you're gonna watch it, don't. but yeah, at the end, the type of victory that he gets because it's more of a team victory, it reminded me of a certain archetypal thing that we have as performers where there's part of us that just wants everything for ourselves, And part of what we have to learn is that, like, you never you quite pass. get. You ne- yeah, you got to buzz. No, but you never quite get emotionally. Like, it's almost like the fantasy we each have as a performer is just our parents being like, you're the perfect little boy or girl. And we're trying <laughs> to chase this emotional moment. But you—that's act- your
1: <laughs> your childhood dynamic. I didn't. Know no, that. no. I say what
0: we want. What we want often. But
1: I'm not saying my mom. I'll go into my my dynamic in after this to fill.
0: On. We want to fill a hole very often. But but what the reality of success looks like is always really different. I mean, we talk about
1: that. Yeah, a lot. that's so true. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I I didn't have the type of doting. You Know, I didn't have that doting type. My mom is was like kind of a perfect almost, so but I like didn't. No it's dot. funny, I didn't she have she was a no-dote, yeah. She wasn't that kind of like you're the most amazing, but she, yeah, she just I just knew she felt. But
0: that how amazing. did she miss it? Because you, you are
1: <sighs> she just knew it, and I knew she knew it, <laughs> and I
0: that was know. enough, yeah. Together, we we get it together.
1: Hi, beautiful babies. I'm Ben Lee. And I'm Ione Skye. And we
0: are the hosts of Weirder Together Podcast.
1: If you enjoy our podcast, you might like some of the podcasts that our friends make and release on the Weirder Together Podcast Network. Like
0: punk legend Jello Biafra's Renegade Roundtable
1: multidisciplinary artist Brock Enright's trippy sonic journey vague data.
0: Making ways the art of music, an exploration of the ways that musicians and visual artists communicate and collaborate.
1: Raw impressions with Lou Barlow and Adele Barlow. I
0: love that. One of my favorite married couples. And The Blag Show with Sarah and Sally, a collection of never-before-heard vintage interviews with legendary artists.
1: And The Future of Being a Musician with Ben Lee.
0: Find these pods on your favorite podcast platform now. Love ya. Do you want to go into some questions I have for I'd us? i love it. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about all of these. I have okay. three questions from know our them? beautiful baby. Have you heard of them? Heard of what? Have you
1: heard them first? Or no, no, they're
0: not hearing. They're written ones. I'm going to read them to you because okay. um, they're ones that came in through Instagram. Okay, this one came in from a beautiful baby named Josh Taylor. <gasps> our, our good I love buddy.
1: Josh Taylor.
0: I believe your most basic human right is the right to die if you choose. Most don't see it that way and are terrified of the idea. Why? Please discuss. <laughs> start now, out with a this euth- start out with a real is, softball. <laughs>
1: is this euthanasia or like when you're old and sick?
0: Yeah, euthanasia, but self. Self-prescribed, not like putting it down an animal, like like the right to die Well, no, choose, I mean like a
1: human about. a human who's sick and dying or old and well, dying? Well, what's or... interesting
0: about the question is he's not necessarily involving illness. He's actually right. just talking about well, the right to die, which may or may not at a legal level involve having to prove you're ill or terminal, but he's just asking about what do you think about the right to die? I did a short die?
1: film all about this, remember I told you about that, Yeah, um, with uh, uh, my man Flint with James not James James ah James how come you never can remember anything when you're like pressuring yourself to remember anyway it doesn't matter James no. James Cobra. Okay. anyway yeah. i i think at the end i i don't know like i guess at the end of i've known two people to have this done and they both were happy about it they wanted i mean i don't know after who knows if, <laughs> <laughs> if they had regrets The third regrets. One was old, and one was dying of AIDS, and they both wanted that to happen, and so it happened. But um, if someone does that, and they still have kids, or they're, you know, it's like different different scenarios would feel differently. Like I wouldn't want someone to leave people in the, you know, like both the situations I knew. One was like on their deathbed, and one was. Just dying of AIDS, so there was no recovery.
0: What do you think? Uh, I think it's interesting because when you talk about rights, I think there's, you know, just to use a common term, people say God given rights, which are sort of like there's the rights of nature, and then there's legal yeah. rights. And yeah. I think we do have the cosmic right to die. Yeah. Like yeah. we can choose that. As far as should it be, I, I get this is all comes back to the same thing. I don't understand how effectively to create a legal system or live within a legal system that reflects our more cosmic rights. I like that Paul Westerberg lyric. He says, breaking man made laws because the only laws I follow are divine. Um, which is, yeah. you know, it's obviously that's anarchy to some degree, but I think yeah. for the most part, we. I think the larger philosophical question isn't about the legal right; it's about the what does it look like to choose that for the people around us, like you said, for our loved ones. For our, is there a path? Well, these yeah. both
1: ch- wanted it. They wanted it.
0: Yeah. So I think yeah, we, yeah, yeah, I think we answered that very thoroughly. I'm sure. And to Josh go, is and really-
1: <laughs> to go, to go back to Bob Marley and do a bad Jamaican accent. Oh, he please, said-
0: little cultural appropriation. We haven't had any of this episode yet.
1: He said, laws cause crime and violence. That's
0: right. I like that extra syllable you got out of crime.
1: Crimes, Crimes and violence.
0: So we got this, um, this message came in from Khalid. It says, hey guys, mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head in the last podcast. Love the, rate. I don't know which podcast he's referring to, but love the Rachel papers and how it makes me feel nostalgic for the London of the late 80s, early 90s. I love gritty '70s New York films, and Rachel Papers, along with Mona Lisa and Long Good a Friday, Long Goodbye, long, yeah, maybe Long Good mentioned. Friday, yes. What's that called? Long, long Good Friday? Friday,
1: the Long fr- long, Good Friday? long Good Friday. Yeah, what is that? I, I like I that, that, that with movie. London
0: for me, totally transportative. Ioni, did you get the opportunity to do more films in the UK? I could see you in a period piece. A Helena Bonham Carter type of role, like Wings of the yeah. Dove. Love the podcast, Khalid. Listen,
1: I did a TV show, but it was medieval, and it was sort of a silly TV show for the AB for ABC, not the ABC ABC America. And we shot it in at Shepperton Studios and in in the country in a castle. And it, it was a medieval show called Covington Cross. And so I worked for like six months on a TV show t- before it got cancelled. And that was in England. And that was really, really fun to live in England. But that I would love, you know, I mean, like all of those Irvin, I mean, Irvin, those Merchant and Ivory movies, Oh yeah, I love. You do. I would have like, as much as when I was young, I just wanted to be in a Woody Allen movie. I equally wanted to be in a Merchant Ivory movie. And I think I would have been too nervous to work with Woody Allen, not because of the You know, recent allegations, but just because he was, I was so obsessed, but I would have done a Merchant Ivory Ivory movie in a heartbeat. Um, That would have been my dream.
0: Did I? And I
1: still can do it. I can still do it. Did
0: I ever tell you, I think I'm sure I've told you this, that when my ex Claire Danes like auditioned for Woody Allen once she was like 15 or 16 and you know, you make small talk before you start the audition. He said to her, and do you like horses? Which she just found like the most bizarre kind of like way for like an old weird. man to be talking to a young girl.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's just weird, Freaky. especially someone who's, like grown I, up in
0: New York City.
1: <laughs> uh, when I had my meeting, I thought he's Jewish and he's probably likes Shiksa's. Well, I knew he did. I mean, he la- he's dated non Shiksa's, but. I was like I mentioned I'd went I went to Catholic school because I thought it would like be exciting to him because I was trying so hard to make him Either. like me like yeah. I thought he would have be self hating Jew and wouldn't like so I was like m- dropped somehow that I went to Immaculate Heart but um. Yeah. I mean, the only problem with those merchant ivory movies is now like going back to my communist Kate. Well I don't
0: know. I like identifying your that, children by the political beliefs. Like oh yeah, I have a communist. Uh she's a <laughs> let's say anarchist,
1: but she would say, um, she's more anarchist, but she would say that um, you know, those merchant ivory movies, they are kind of colonial fetish, fetishy movies. Oh,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's true,
1: and I just, I just, just, I'm trying to wring that out of myself, but
0: yeah. But you know, I'm it's also in. like, a, like Jews who have like sexual role play with Nazis and stuff like that. Ooh, you know what I God, mean?
1: That's is that is that bad? Eh?
0: No, no, no. I'm just saying it. it you can be a victim of something, and it that be a, long a fantasy landscape for you for some perverse reason. Yeah. You know? um, okay. Last question I've got. I'm curious to know if you guys have discussed AA in any episodes or elsewhere. I thought the TM app, w- was right on, and it seems adjacent. Love the show and both of you. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: So I think just this talk about, like, you know, just sort of more secular mm. groups or cults and, you yeah. know, the good, the bad, the...
1: Well, I think how you do something is a lot of what do they say? Do everything like it's the only thing you do. But that's how you do anything is how you
0: do everything.
1: That's another one. I think how you do something, you know, of course, there's certain things that are just never good to do. But for example, a yoga class, like it could be just chill, or you could be like getting into a cult. But I think with the 12 steps and those kinds of things, I guess if you start just losing. I don't know. Anything that makes you kind of, if you if you use it in a way that's like, I don't know, what am I trying to say? Like, it can be amazing. Like, oh my God, I'll never not love an Al-Anon. An Al- the few Al-Anon meetings I've gone to, they're so amazing. But I guess if it just becomes... You just believe only in one thing to the point where it blocks you off. I don't know. Well, it's like therapy. Maybe, you know. It's like
0: there's, there's some people oh, yeah. who lose themselves in right. whatever guidance they're getting from their therapist. And they, it ends up becoming like a two-person cult and they need to run everything by the therapist and all that. So it seems like mostly 12-step stuff is like reasonably innocuous slash helpful. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, I would say more helpful than not. I mean, sure, like but I for guess for sure somebody... people
0: get fanatical. For sure. And it becomes complicated. Yeah, I for guess. A lot of
1: and you could say, like, wouldn't that be better than and I mean sure for so many people they're not fanatical and it's just something that's like absolutely helping them. But what do you think about and those like, 12 steps are amazing. Yeah, that's I a mean... good
0: solid twelve. What do you think solid about 12. um when you have a problem though, of whatever kind it is? in some ways we like this goes back to our sort of conversation about politics or activism or technology like in some ways as a species we love to pick one problem and say if i can find a solution to this one problem i'm in i'm on the right side or i'm in control of life or do you think there's like a a slight fantasy that starts occurring when we begin to identify ourselves as having this one major flaw, whether it's alcohol or drugs or gambling or, do you you know what I'm saying? Like it becomes like a major way of identifying ourselves.
1: Yeah. I'd say though, if someone has a serious problem, then going to AA is, you know, I would say that some people, if it's ruining your health and your life, then you could say oh yeah that is a real problem and might be the most the, might be my biggest problem at the moment right, 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 right. you know so i would say that in some cases it truly is a problem and do you think like, it's true that
0: like you never like if you have if you identify yourself as having one of those problems that it's a problem forever or do you more ascribe to the idea that there's actual healing of some kind
1: i think it both actually <laughs> i think that um that that there is there can be some healing and recovery, but then there's also, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that some people would say that's always going to be there, but I mean, I guess I've noticed that things are sort of always there, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to take you down mm. the way it does in certain points of your life. Like you may, yeah. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like you may have a, p- a point in your life where something is is like really overtaking you and there might be points where like it's not. Yeah, I guess it's the, like those
0: seven deadly sins. They're like always kind of lurking there and one of them could get control of you, you know, from an ego perspective. Yeah,
1: but I do think there's growth in time. I, I mean maybe for some and not – I think it's for some and not others. Yeah. Someone would say, no, it's always going to be there. But I do think that um, – and, you know, and sometimes they say things just like shift – into other areas, but I do think there is some wisdom with age. Mm. I'm learning and, and changing every decade.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. I, Any other questions? <laughs> no, that's the three. That's the three.
1: That was the three. Um,
0: but I. it's funny, I was saying, I can't, was I saying to you this week, but I was looking at my mom and how she's like reinvented herself in her life and how I'm yeah. really grateful I have an example of that because I think that's really given me the courage to reinvent myself. It just made me think of that, like our problems there forever, or do you get a fresh start sometimes? And it's almost like, and some you do if you choose to. You know, you can make a fresh start, but it takes a tremendous amount of courage, also.
1: And sometimes life rings you out, and you change just from things. Actually, sometimes you change because you're working on yourself, and then sometimes stuff happens, and you're like. Like this time in my life, I'm having a feeling that exterior situations are actually changing me. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm working extremely hard to to change to change myself. Mm. And right now, I'm feeling like, oh wow, this stuff is going to change me. Like what what's happening in my life, personally, and in the in the world? It's like something's going on where. I'm toughening up, but in a it's cool in a way I haven't toughened up in a in a exactly before. That, I, f- I that feel I like that will too, be good. Yeah. I feel like it'll be good. I was having a and memory. So I'm of, still in the hard part, but it's going to be. Yeah, good. Yeah,
0: I was I was telling Vinny last night. I was having a memory as we were chatting of um I stayed in a hotel next to like the Melbourne Cricket Ground or something like probably 15 years ago when the Kings of Leon were playing. They had that massive song "Sex on Fire." It was like their peak. How does that go cool again? My sex is on fire. Oh. It was not the record you liked. It was like one or two after. Okay. It was their big commercial. <laughs> their I just
1: like to make you sing. <laughs> I know, I know, love I like when guy. you sing. But they had I one know, or two. singing for the money right now.
0: <laughs> they had one or two. Make you um, sing for me. Uh, like really, really big hits. And they were just huge. And I remember from my hotel room, I could hear them playing this arena show. And I heard him singing. So it wasn't about whether I, I was never a huge fan of the music, but he sounded great and he sounded Mm. so comfortable in the song. And I was like, wow, this is, this band right now, he's playing his hit. The audience must be throwing back at him so much intense energy right now. And he's centered, he's in tune, he's singing. Mm. He sounds like it feels good. Like he's singing in a way that he said, and I just thought I felt so incapable of that. At that time Aww. in my life. Because I felt really Were you
1: gonna cry? No. <laughs> no <I'm laughs>
0: Are you <sorry>. gonna cry? <laughs> I felt I no, felt no. very <laughs> overwhelmed by the audience's response often. Like I found it yeah. kind of hard to stay centered. And oh I, my God. Wait, wait, let me just finish. I'm right at the end. No, I'm no, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm one minute you asked me if I'm gonna cry the next you're about to start a new story. And then I was um No, I'm not. And then I was uh the other night at that festival I played Wonder and Marambula, I, I was playing, you know, something. I don't know, it was one of my kind of hit songs here and i was feeling great singing and i was just like Mm. you you can do it like this journey it's been a long journey for me to get comfortable with the anxieties of performance in a way especially in front of really big crowds um like i've always been able to hammer it up and entertain but this idea of finding the beauty in the moment and actually feeling good in my body that's been a Uh. really long journey so it was just nice to feel that was like real progress
1: that's so cool.
0: Yeah. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, it was just making me think of the audience-artist relationship that we were sort of uh, talking about this before, I guess, maybe on the last podcast. I don't know. Something about the antagonistic relationship with the artist and the audience yeah. and fans, your relationship to your fans. Um, I've never had a sense of my fans I feel like once or twice or something a year, someone will be like, you're an icon or I love this movie. But I don't – I never had a feeling of a relationship with my fans ever. But what about with
0: social media? So, don't you have more of that because of Instagram?
1: Yeah, but I kind of don't read – I'm like phobic. Right. I just don't – not that I think it's bad. I just find it like uh, – I don't know. But, but you like,
0: notice what they respond to and what they're excited by.
1: Sure. And I'm just thinking about – um the when people feel angry almost at their fans, or they like want to just be like, fuck you, or something. So, I'm just curious about that. Like, stage that's more of a stage situation. Yeah,
0: I, I do. I think that's true. I think if you're only making work, and that's why artists like Brian Wilson and stuff and the Beatles retreated from live performance because it's so do you overwhelming look down
1: on your fans, or what is what it's just like too, what is it?
0: I just think it is so... I mean, not you, but... No, I have at times. I think it is so volatile and intense and interdependent that you're performing for this group of people that have brought all of this this energy and all these hopes and expectations and their own frustrations and their own lives, and you're all in a room together. And it is just... I see a lot of artists have, I think, feel trapped by the relationship. But also needy for the audience's approval so intensely.
1: And what are the people who are like like Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift or certain people who are just so like, I love you. Like they're so joyful about their fans. Like that seems like the other side to this being like antagonistic.
0: Yeah. I know. That's wild. Well, that's like the gift. That's like on the New Did you listen to the New Yorker podcast about Taylor? Yes. It was and it was really interesting and they were just talking about her What's ability. What's it called that
1: podcast? It's uh
0: Critics at Large. Uh, yeah. it was just really interesting cuz they just talked about Taylor's unique ability for to feel like you know her. Like everybody in that audience feels like she's Thinks singing she's to them directly. Yeah. <laughs> like it's... and all
1: yeah that whole thing of like I wouldn't be anything without I you know. and Diana, Diana Ross. Yeah. I mean it seems so beautiful, but maybe it's just like part of their or Beyonce. Like it's just maybe they're genuine, and it's just that's so nice. I that's think the fact really that nice. honestly,
0: the fact that we can't tell is the yeah. grand magic trick of the whole thing. Like,
1: and maybe even like like the sex pistols or punk bands, the audience feels just as like even Jason uh, Menzukas. Man- mm-hmm. No. I like yeah, words it's yeah, like Manzoukas. Beyonce,
0: Taylor Swift, and Jason Menzukas. <laughs> like the way
1: he's like, what's up, jerks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. How to, and like they're like, yay, because even if you're like, fuck you, they're like, you're talking yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, So it's kind of this like just, I don't know. Yeah. The stage, the the mis- the wonderful, mysterious stage. Well,
0: we only have one more remote pod until I'm back home with you. Are you oh, into that? Are you, are you ready to get back Ground in person? Ground controlled
1: of to Major Tom. <laughs> Get you back in back in the, my sphere. Let's get
0: back in the hood. Um, all right, well, <laughs> the
1: northern the northern hemisphere. Sending what hemisphere you, are you in?
0: sending you some mad <laughs> Melbourne love.
1: Sending you some lovely LA love
0: and uh, LA love love and sending lots of love out to the beautiful babies. And we'll uh,
1: love you, beautiful babies. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. We're nothing like, without you. <laughs> I hope you feel I'm talking to you. It's and each you of you directly. You. You're the reason I for am. our existence. I really am. I, I, I really am when I t- explain things. I feel like I am. <laughs> it's a three way between you and me and them. Together, yeah. we're, we're, we're We're together.